0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to episode 11 of the Great British Chief Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and Our Headlines editor, Tom Childs. What's good in Tom's world? <laughs>
2: What's good in Tom's world? Everything's <laughs> good in Tom's world. Tom's world. England have made the last 16 of the Euro 2020. They're going to Woo-hoo! play Germany next week. If they get through Germany,
1: they have an easier route. An easier hang on, hang on. Ste- just final. step back a minute there. And, sorry. Germany, G- England beat Germany. Is that what you said there? yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we yeah. never beat Germany.
2: Well, it's, it's happened. It has happened before in tournaments. It's few and far between, but it has happened a couple of times. Most notably notice, in a 1966. You never know. This time mm-hmm. next week, when we record next week's show, I'm simply going to open it as. Guess what? What? It's coming home. <laughs> it's coming home. It's coming home.
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah. England are uh, through to the knockout stages now, which is great. Obviously, we're very happy about that but uh, like we said uh, we're playing against germany which uh, it never ends well in big tournaments playing against germany we always get beat on penalties
2: yeah yeah I, it's it's a funny one because like you wanted to stay in that half of the draw but you did really yeah. want to get drawn against germany as well <laughs> at the same time it's <laughs> like like imagine it in, like in in nfl terms like the nfc is weak, is weaker than the afc so you don't really want to be in the afc because that side of the draw, there's loads of loads of good teams. Plus, you've got the Chiefs. Well, that's yeah. one half of Euro 2020. You've got Belgium, Italy, France, Spain—all these good teams in one side of the draw. Where in England side, you've got England <laughs> playing Germany, and then you've got countries like Wales and yeah. Denmark playing each other. So it's like it's a good chance that if England make it through Germany. Touch wood, like I'm. I'm already being Germany? called. Germany. <laughs> I'm being called a fool by many listening to this show. That they yeah. might make the final, which would be great to see. I well, it would be excellent. In fact, would be good. Would be good. I'm yeah, be good. I'm such an Englishman when talking.
1: <laughs> you you get more excited than I do at, at it's these, like the at start of
2: the sure. NFL season. Every single fan believes that this is their year, and mm-hmm. unless you support like I don't know. The Eagles going into this year. But like a good 20 fan bases will be coming into this NFL season thinking, yes, this is the year, this is the year we do it. That's yeah. what England fans are like every single year. It doesn't <laughs> matter what team we have, that is what we're like. We we are ever the optimists. And although we know we're not probably going to win the tournament, we enjoy the journey. So as long as we stay in the tournament, for as long as we are in it, we're just going to have a great time. And that's how I feel
1: i think my age kind of uh, has diluted this a little bit for me because i'm i'm obviously older than you yeah and i've seen england hype for <laughs> a lot of years and it's never materialized and i've been let down so many times um and and i'm a bit more skeptical than, than what you are you seem to be like with this 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 puppy that's ready to like get to the beach or something isn't it yeah. that's what you're like yeah. um but no let's uh let's hope england win it and uh and, and get past Germany for for once in our, in our big tournament careers. But um, anyway, um, let's get on to a bit of uh, a bit of chatter about Chiefs news. Now, Travis Kelsey has been very much involved with this tight end university, mm-hmm. which uh, is kind of, you know, helping a few charities along the way as well. But you've kind of got your own little charity that you're doing at the moment, aren't you, as well? You're getting prepared for a charity run. I am. This, this, this weekend, is it? Is that right? It is, it is And seeing that I used to play tight end,
2: that's kind of fitting as well, isn't it? That, yeah, we, <laughs> that go. That yeah. we go. I'm doing tight end you in the UK. Now, um, yes, I am doing a charity run. In fact, by the time this podcast is released, by the time oh, you guys are listening to it, I should have already done that run. I've hopefully completed it. We record this podcast late Friday or early Saturday and the podcast gets released on Saturday afternoon. I'm in fact running on Saturday morning. Um, I'm doing a half marathon. I'm doing a half marathon for a uh, charity that's really close to one of my good friends um the charity is called snap ssnap it helps um the john Radcliffe hospital in oxford in the uk which is a specialist hospital for premature babies um unfortunately my um close friend he had a bad experience when it comes to premature babies unfortunately lost lost his little one um so fair play to him he does all he can now to raise as much money as he possibly can for for that charity and we're doing a half marathon on on saturday there me and three other guys and we're doing really well when it comes to raising money um we've raised three and a half thousand pounds now so far um which to about four and a half thousand dollars which is incredible um i want to thank some chiefs fans um You'll know who you are, um, who have donated already, and like out of that money, like nearly half of that's come from cheese fans. It's been incredible the response. Oh, yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's been incredible response from cheese fans. I'm getting cheese fans who I've never engaged with before, not through not not wanting to, just not knowing who they are or um, not following each other, who have messaged me and read the story behind why we're doing this run, and it's really hit home with them because yeah. their previous experiences or friends' previous experiences. And some people have donated fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, and I can't thank these people enough. It's the generosity that the guys and everyone has shown has been incredible. And I thank P. I want to thank the AP Nerd Squad, all of those guys that have helped me like raise awareness of this and have also donated um, because I'm overwhelmed by the amount of money that we have we have raised. It doesn't not to say that I don't want to raise more because I do. I do want to raise yeah. more. So if if you guys are interested, if you guys want to help out, then please. See my Twitter page. It's at TomCharles56. Um, I'll make it the pinned tweet. I'll put the link up there with the story to why we're running and obviously the donation page as well. And if you guys could spare anything at all, just a couple of dollars or even just a retweet to raise awareness, then I would really, really appreciate that because we've raised so much money as we... as We've raised a lot of money already, but as with every charity there's there's, this never enough like is it There's always has to be more and unfortunately that's the world we live in there where we you you do need more and and a charity like this always needs help so if you could that would be great but um hopefully by the time we get to next week's show i would have recovered in time and i would have run the 13 miles in a reasonable time but um yeah we'll have to wait and see
1: yeah, uh, it's not about the time, though, no, is it, mate? No. <laughs> it's not about the time. No, it's it. it really is a heartwarming story. So, uh, if if you do uh, have a spare five minutes, obviously, give that, that 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 story a read on Tom's pin tweet and donate, donate whatever you can. It'd be brilliant, and uh, you really, really are kind of uh, helping support that charity and 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 that, that hospital that does such great work. Um, because it is, it is a heart wrenching story. Um, but good luck with it, mate. Looking forward to, you, uh, to to hearing your, your story about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But anyway, we'll talk about um, the, uh, the tight end university, which uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle have kind of been fronting up, really, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to point out, like, <laughs> this. I mean, I, I wasn't too sure what this tight end university was all about. Um, I just heard it flash up. I saw it flash up on, obviously, social media. And I was like, what is that? And it's 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 basically, it's it's the top tight ends of the NFL. It's like 40 tight ends or something they've got in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought, oh, right, must be must be lent with, you know, towards a, a charity of some sort. Um, and I heard what it was actually for. Um, and it says, the summit is apt- aptly named Tight End University as the best players across the league will get together with the goal of learning more about the position they play. So basically, it's a, it's a boozle. <laughs> 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 it is,
2: there's a massive session. <laughs> that is it's a massive
1: going. session. That's it is. And going. Travis Kelsey was like proper on it in that video that we saw, wasn't it? Yeah. Shouting I, I, in the background.
2: I've got two points to make about this tie in university. My first point is that Travis Kelsey and George Kittle do not care for any comparisons that you guys make because they, they are best of friends <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, clear, they really are. it's clear that they get along and they probably sit there and just laugh at all the comparisons <laughs> between them i just <laughs> I don't get the second thing that i want to point out is uh, why do players do this like why um because i get wanting to make people better but why would you want to make your rivals better like yeah if I don't it's, it's it's not like they all work for the same company and as a collective goal, they will play for the same team. Like me at work, wanting my yeah. colleagues to be better at work, is me wanting to make our team better as a whole. So thus yeah. make my life easier. Why why does Travis Kelsey want to help Darren Waller become a better player?
0: <laughs> I just <laughs> don't get it. I just
2: I don't, don't understand it. Like you you saw it with Tamba Harley a few years ago, we're like he got a lot of credit for helping Joey Bosa. Do you remember after? The game? I remember that. Yeah. Day night when they were doing all the hand stuff, and I thought, yeah, that's nice. But then I thought, so I'm thinking, I was like, why are you helping Joey Bosa get closer to Alex Smith? Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what is the point? And, and that's why I feel about these type of seminars that they have in these group group um, group activities. Just why? Like, I don't understand it, and I don't think I will ever get it. I. I I play competitive sports, and the last thing I want to happen is for my opposition to get better. And I know yeah. these players aren't directly facing each other, but they do have an effect to each other on how each is, each of them is valued. Maybe you could argue that if tight ends become more valuable as a whole, then the money will get pushed up. Yeah, but Travis Kelsey's way past that point anyway now, and so probably yeah. George Kittle. That it doesn't really matter. So yeah maybe I'm just looking at it as a glass half full type of thing and yeah. glass half empty type of thing and
1: maybe I'm just being a miserable old scrooge but I just <laughs> I just don't get it and I don't think I'll ever will. I I think Greg Olsen kind of summed it up in a way didn't he cuz I think there was a comment out there that where he said that um there you know tight ends are expected to block and they're expected to be receivers but they don't really get that kind of money
2: no.
1: for you know like maybe a, a left or right tackle or maybe a, a what a wide receiver gets. So I think they're trying to raise a bit more of awareness of that position that he, especially in this day and age, tight end is a very key position now. And it's proven, especially with the way that Kittle plays and the way that, that, that Kelsey plays. And even Waller as well, because a lot of a lot of players have been going through Waller, haven't they? I just think, yeah, I think they're just trying to raise that awareness. I don't think they're going to be doing doing what Tampa Harley was doing when he was showing out, you know, the best skills and stuff like that to help out uh, competitors. But I think... I think, yeah, I think it's just to, to kind of boost that tight end position up a little bit more.
2: Yeah. Do you reckon Travis Kelsey's a lightweight?
1: Yes, I, yes, I, really, I really do. Yeah. I've got
2: the impression that he can't handle his beer at all. Like he gives, no. he gives off the impression that he thinks he can handle his beer, but he really can't. Um, but I, I can imagine that George Kittle can handle his beer. But I just yeah. every time I've seen Travis Kelsey with a beer in his hand, he always seems to be a bit pissed. Um,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I look at it thinking, you're drinking Bud Light, mate. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I was about to say the same thing. It's always Bud Light that he's necking down and I'm thinking, that really, mate? That's, that's like, what, 1%? <laughs> Maybe
2: I'm wrong. Maybe he's a party animal. Maybe he has had loads of drinks before he goes out and he is like half cut before he even reaches public. Maybe that's what's happening. But I get the impression that Travis Kelsey can't hold his liquor as well
1: as others. No, I, I, I agree with you, especially in that video because it was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, guys, for everybody for coming. And he's like, woo! <laughs> he's, like, he's like the drunk
2: uncle at a wedding during the speeches, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> yeah,
1: he's he's very much like that. But he's is I think every Chiefs fan would love to party with Travis Kelsey.
2: Yeah, so would I. it'd Be a cheap night. <laughs> <laughs> Travis is around. Travis is your round. Travis is your round. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the last one, didn't I? No, you're too pissed. You can't remember, man. Three you rounds ago, man. The last one. <laughs>
1: All right, so let's crack on with the Chiefs news again. And uh, Lageria Sneed's been getting some real big praise recently, uh, especially from uh, writer Nick Shook from uh, around the NFL, uh, where he's actually placed him in his kind of under-25s team, Mm. um, which, uh, I I mean, it's it's brilliant. I mean, we all know, what obviously, what Sneed was like um, last year. But I just wanted to quote what Shook said on this. And I quote, Sneed was a weapon for the Chiefs in his first season, one capable of being deployed in a variety of situations and producing a positive outcome. Line him up on the line and watch him register a QB pressure. Move him in, into the slot and wait for him to make a play on a pass over the middle. Move him outside if you need to, and he might just haul in an in deception. I thought that just described Sneed last year perfectly. Yeah. It was No matter where you put him, he was always a, a threat, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I've got three points from this. The first one being that, that nick shook the amount of copy that that guy goes through is (laughs) unbelievable like he must just sit by the computer all day just typing 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 It's yeah it's it's incredible and he's probably one of my favorite writers out there just amazing amount of work he does the second point i want to make is that have you ever considered like doing audiobooks because when you were reading that then the narration was spot on like i'm sure (laughs) like Geordie Twang whilst they're listening to a book but no the, the third point is it's been the summer of love for legeria Sneed it's been it really here there and everywhere a few weeks ago we had um, legeria Sneed named onto the top 100 players in Pete Prisco's list this week we've got him under on the, on the 25 so there's some big expectations for Legere Sneed and yeah. big big expectations from the Chiefs as well because they did not bring back Bashar Breeland expecting that Legere Sneed can be the guy. Now, we've seen it before, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Marcus Cooper, Marcus Cooper, Marcus Cooper. We've seen slashes (laughs) from rookie cornerbacks before in the Chiefs. I think this is different, though. I think there's so much faith in the actual building for Legere Sneed, and there's so much external acknowledgement of his ability from last year that it can't be a fad. He has to be the real deal. And if he's not, the Chiefs are screwed.
1: I think it's his intelligence and his awareness that's, that's the key here I think. It's not just one position that he's kind of trying to excel at. It's he's, he's almost yeah, it's weird. It's it's like they've dialed him up in any way and it's not a problem to him. Hmm. He'll just, you know, they'll put him in any any situation on the field and he will deal with it and he will yeah. make sure that, you know, he is a menace. And and yeah, I mentioned Marcus Cooper there. It's very different, this. I'm sure it's very different. And I'm sure people have said this before about Marcus Cooper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, oh, this is the guy. This is definitely the guy. But uh, seriously, I, I, I'm i really looking forward to seeing what Snead can do, especially if they keep him doing that, you know, kind of tri-roll that they're doing yeah, yeah. At the Moment with him. Um, lining him up to blitz, lining him up inside. Exactly. And then on slot,
2: rather, and then outside. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want them just to say, Snead, you're one position. I want... The opposing uh, um, quarterback to have to think about where Legarius sneed is every single snap, because if you've got him doing that, and you've also got Torin Matthew doing that as well, mm-hmm. plus you've got the front four coming, plus you've got blitzes to worry about from the linebackers, like. As an opposing quarterback, you're going to get to the line. And we're facing a lot of young quarterbacks in the AFC as well. They're going to get to the line, and they're going to see all of this movement from the defence. They're going to see these chess pieces that Spagnuolo has to his disposal, that they're going to have to think about it. And if they're spending more time thinking about what's about to happen, the chances are that they're going to get it wrong. So uh, it's he could be the X-Factor on the Chiefs' defence, and I'm leaning towards right now that he is going to be.
1: The NFL news... There's been a new rule change, and it's something that has really kind of got fans buzzing about, really, isn't it? It's something that's really kind of, um, um, really kind of boosted this off season and, and give us something to actually chat about. But the NFL rule change of helmets this year—some of the helmets designs I've seen, especially for like the Chiefs—I'm thinking, mm, nah, they're missing all of this. They're missing, <laughs> kind of missing the the whole kind of thing with the Chiefs helmet. And we've said this before on other podcasts that the Chiefs helmet is such a classic look. Why would you want to change it? But then it actually got us thinking, what would be the best uh, kind of throwback that we would like to see this year? And I had one, actually, because the Chiefs obviously play the Cowboys this year.
2: Yeah.
1: And everybody knows that the Chiefs were the Dallas Texans, and it would be great to have Dallas versus Dallas, wouldn't it? You know, We all know about the story about the the Chiefs kind of getting uh, getting run out of town uh, when they were the Dallas Texans but to have the chiefs versus the cowboys and the chiefs to have the Dallas Texans helmet i think that would, be, that, would that would get me fired up ready for a game wouldn't it yeah well it's happened before it, yeah it
2: happened once upon a time i think what what year was the miles austin game but so 2000
1: 2009 no
2: or... 2009. Yeah, it was, it was a few years ago. Yeah, I think yeah. it was 2009 thinking about it. Yeah, 2009, the, the famous Miles Austin game where he just went off and then disappeared <laughs> into the sunset after that. Yeah. <laughs> but both teams were in throwbacks that day. And it is a great throwback matchup, it must be said, yeah. especially I love the Cowboys throwback uniform. Um, yeah. To clarify what Brad said about the helmet, in case you haven't heard the news, the, the, the NFL has abolished the one, a, one helmet rule, where yeah. normally they you have to have the same helmet for the year. You can make changes to said helmet, but it has to be the, the, the same helmet. And so, like, for the for example, the Packers, when they play in their throwbacks, all they do is take off the G. And so mm-hmm. it's still the same helmet. Um, and some teams like the Bills mess around with what they have on, on the side of theirs as well. But now you're allowed to change it up as much as you want throughout the, throughout the season. So Sounds it enables right. some creativity. Unfortunately, we support a team which just – doesn't care for that type of thing. <laughs> and some yeah. people like, some people see it as a good thing. I do. I see it as a good thing myself, but um, some people like, like the fact that teams can swap and change. Like they want to see like Pittsburgh in their Bumblebee kit, um, Packers in their blue and yellow Acme kits, um, Tampa Bay in their creamsicles, where the Chiefs yeah. do, do keep it kind of boring. Like, let's be honest. It is boring. Yeah, but It's such a classic look that yeah. I'm kind of okay with them. Doing that, but if they want to rock, if they want to rock the Dallas, Dallas Texans versus the Dallas Cowboys in Week Nine or whenever it is. Then that fine by me.
1: I mean, they can, like you said, you know, the way the, the Packers just take off the G off the side of the helmet, the Chiefs can do that with their, yeah. you know, the Arrowhead. They can change it to the the, the, the Dallas Texans logo, and yeah. uh, it's pretty much the same color helmet, isn't it? So wouldn't it be
2: funny if they just start rocking up with like sixties and seventies styles base cages as well? The old gray singular bar across the
1: front.
2: (laughs) Proper old school.
1: (laughs) Massive pads on as well.
2: All you get is just like 11 Christian Okoyes on the offense.
1: (laughs) Huge pads, like, yeah, 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 I'm all for that, definitely. Um, Is there any other throwbacks from other teams that you think, yeah, I would like to see those back again? Is there a particular team,
2: um, not necessarily throwbacks, but I am I am really looking forward to seeing what the Cincinnati Bengals do when they wear their white uniforms. Because oh, to me, yeah. the, the white and black um Cincinnati uniforms are now You'd the like best that. jersey in the NFL. Yeah. And I, I I love that. The only thing that lets that down as a whole uniform is the orange and black helmet. Yeah. If the Bengals go white black and white and black stripes like siberian tiger type style yeah. on the helmet then that for me will be game over job done it's <laughs> yeah. Carter, they are the best uniforms of all time and nothing will come close
1: yeah yeah it would be quite nice, nice that you, you do like the kind of like white colors though don't you
2: yeah yeah, i'm really boring like my favorite rams uniform <laughs> um Blank. My, yeah my favorite rams uniform of the previous years was when they had the, the white uniform with the um the white ram Uh, With the white horns on the helmet, perfect. Just, just white, white, and one other color, and I'm, I'm happy as Larry.
1: Yeah, you're a simple guy, mate,
0: aren't
1: you? I am. I think the one throwback I'd like to see is the Houston Oilers.
0: Um,
1: I've always been quite vocal at the fact I, I really like the Houston Oilers uniform from top to bottom, even to the logo as well. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice to see the Titans probably rock rock that at some point this year if they could. Um, I just, I don't know what it is. It just the the Oilers. I've got this kind of love affair with them. It's weird. Yeah, I think um, There's no
2: actual rivalry. Well, there is a divisional rivalry, but none actually linking. Well, I suppose there is. Would you like to see the Tennessee Titans in the Houston Oilers throwbacks against the Houston Texans? Or would that just be rubbing salt in the wound a little bit?
1: No, I'd like to see that. But uh, do they play each other? I don't know. I'm not sure if they They're play the each division, other. Brad. They play each other twice a year.
2: God, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I will oh, let you off. It is June. You're okay. You get a pass <laughs> in June.
0: <laughs> yeah, that
1: would be good. Yeah, at least for one game. At least,
2: mm,
1: yeah, that would be good. I, in I Houston would really as well.
2: In Houston. In Houston, definitely just rock up and say, "No, we're the team Ooh. you used to support."
1: <laughs> oh god, yeah, there'd uh, be riots. I think. All right, we'll uh, we'll have a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be playing a game called "What's More Likely." See you soon.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hi there.
1: Welcome back to the Great British Chief show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. Um, We're going to be doing something a little bit fun now. We're going to be chatting about what is more likely in this Chiefs season, because um, it, it, we can smell the football now, can't we? Because we've already had notification that the Chiefs are going to be going into training camp at the end of July, I think it is, isn't it, 28? Mm-hmm. Um, the fans are allowed to go back in as well, which is great. So we're going to be playing what's more likely. And we've got three kind of likely scenarios or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Three each, basically, haven't we?
2: So the idea is that we will make two statements and we then have to decide which is the more likely of them. So yeah. we've got three each in total to make. I'll go first. I'll go first. On, you go first, man. So my, my first one is, right, the Chiefs' secondary without Tyron Matthew to eclipse their 2020 interception total of 10, or the Chiefs' D-line minus Chris Jones and Frank Clark to eclipse their 2020 sack total of 11 and a half. Which of them is more likely? Oh, I would go with the first one. Why? Would you?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know, I I really know mate. I just, I just, I think that to, to me, that just screams more likely. I Why would you think? Wrong. I think you're wrong. See, that that would... You think I'm wrong?
2: Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that was tip top analysis. Like people shouldn't it? it? We should stick that type of analysis behind a paywall, seriously. Why 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 should they do that? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I think I do think that the sack total is more likely. And the, the reason why is Jaron Reed. Ah, um, uh,
1: I never thought I about it, like, yeah.
2: I feel like the third guy in this this defense is a lot better than we've had in previous years. Like the defense has majority been Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and some others. Yeah. Where now I feel like Jaron Reed changes that slightly. Like if you look at last year, Alex Okafor was third in the third in the team in sacks, and he got three. And obviously we've lost him, but you expect Jaron Reed to to probably double. What he output, we expect Hershon Wharton, Tuck Wharton to be better. Taco mm-hmm. Charlton will play a full year, hopefully. Tim Ward might be in the lineup. We obviously lost Tano Passner as well, but I just feel like the D line is going to be better positioned to make more of a splash. Where on the other side of it, when it comes to interceptions, yes, you've got Legere Need that you want to make a step up, but getting interceptions is so much harder than getting sacks yeah and it's easy for a guy like tyron matthew because he's basically given a free role where he can freelance and do what he wants and keep eyes on the quarterback the whole time where the other guys can't do that they've got strict assignments for every single play where they can't they're not a, they're not allowed to freelance as it was mm. like tyron matthew does so it, i i think this is quite a simple one i think you're wrong with your amazing analis- analysis analysis <laughs> <I must say. laughs>
1: hashtag analysis I,
2: I do think that the um the D-line is more likely to get close to 20 sacks than they are, like, just 11 and a half.
1: Yeah, I suppose. And I suppose you're right. I suppose if, if Lageria Snead's not going to be, um, you know, doing the the usual type of cornerback role, um, you know, if he's going to be heavily in the blitz and stuff like that, you're probably right, actually, yeah. I, I probably wasn't even thinking right there, mate, to be honest.
2: Yeah, but like, even still, like, even last year, like I know he missed a few games, need Snead. Um, he missed, what, seven games. He got three interceptions, so even if you double his... Um, interception total. You, you're expecting other guys to sp, uh, sp, uh, step up as
1: well. And the other guys aren't really ball hawks, really, are they?
2: No, they're not. They're not like one. Fournier only got one interception all of last year, which mm. seems crazy. Obviously, Daniel Sorensen is always good for an interception or two against the Chargers, but yeah. outside of that, he doesn't really produce much <laughs> in terms. <of> it. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Now oh. I'm going to go. I'm I'm comfortably going to go with the defensive line on this one. All right. Okay. Have I talked you round?
1: You have, actually, yeah, because, yeah, just when you mentioned Jaron Reed, I thought, ah, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's going to really help um, in, in that department for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I don't know what it is. It probably I'm, I'm blinking a little bit with Legeria Sneed and his amazing players and stuff, so <laughs> that's, that's probably what it was. I don't know. Um, anyway, um, my what's more likely is uh, Mahomes reaches 5,000 yards or gets 50 touchdowns. Now, we've we always had it before. That's we've had them easy. both
0: before. That's <laughs> easy.
2: 5,000 yards, easy. More yeah. games, air raid offense. 50 touchdowns is hard. It like, is hard. 5,000 man. yards happens a lot. Like every year, there's always like two or three quarterbacks that come close or make it. Like Ben Ro- Roethlisberger yeah. used to make it seemingly every year. James Winston even got close a few times. And especially
1: with the added game. I was going to say the extra game is going to be it, no. but
2: fifty touch, fifty touchdowns is tough.
1: Maybe I, I should have put six thousand yards in. Me.
2: <laughs> that would have been better. Now that's a closer competition. That's closer. So yes. like, what was sixty thousand? Uh, six sixty thousand. What's six thousand? Sixty thousand
1: yards. Geez, I'd like to be in that season. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <imagine
2: that. laughs> uh, like, let's quick. Let's do get the old calculator quickly out. Uh, six thousand divided by seventeen. Three hundred fifty-two yards a game. That's a big ask. And that's easy. Really, for my homes, that's easy. <laughs> that's a big ass. If I had to say between 6,000 and 50, I'd probably go 50.
1: But not yeah. much. Do you know what? Actually, I'm thinking, you know, when I mentioned 6,000, I thought, Do you know what? <laughs> that could. That's doable. What, is, <laughs> what was that? 352 yards? did you say? Yeah. So if, if he gets a few 500 yard games, two he's or three of those. I think he's only ever had one 500 yard game, hasn't yeah, he? I know, has got a different all line this time you reckon that's I'm getting excited can you tell like the pre kind of season uh, excitement's coming in we were talking about it just at the beginning everyone's thinking this is their year I'm like Mahomes is just going to go off (laughs) 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 completely off I I can
2: no I can't see a scenario against six because if he gets 6,000 yards that means going into week 17 he would have thrown for nearly 5,600 yards if Mahomes is thrown for 5,600 yards averaging nearly 400 yards a game then the Chiefs will be 16-0 <laughs> at this point. And therefore, he won't be playing. He won't be playing in week 17. So, I, well, I, I'm, yeah, I reckon I, 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 then again, the 50 touchdowns wouldn't be. <laughs> I know, we, we're talking. We'll we're talking... <laughs> we just go back to the first one. Yes, 5,000 yards is much easier than 50. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're talking ourselves out of it now. We're thinking of going further. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's the Chiefs effect. That's the Mahomes effect. Is, that's what yes. that is. So my next one, Tariq Hill
2: to reach 20 touchdowns receiving or the remaining wide receivers, not Travis Kelsey, to catch 12 combined. What's more likely?
1: To catch 12 combined?
2: Yeah. 12 combined touchdown receptions between McColl Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Cornell Powell, and said receiver ends up getting the sixth spot.
1: And Tyreek to get 20.
2: Yeah. Bearing in mind, Tyreek got 15 last year. You've got to go with a combined. Do you think? Yeah. A combined wide receiver room that caught all of 10 touchdowns last year.
1: Yeah, but they had Sammy Watkins as well, didn't they?
2: And that included Sammy Watkins. Yeah. I think think Tyreek Hill's got a Randy Moss season in him. I do. I think really he, I think he's got a God, that's bald, mate. I do. I think he has a twenty touchdown season in him. If if the Chiefs were slightly more aggressive, they would just throw deep to Tariq Hillmore. They would. Because he he has the ability to go up and get the ball as well, which in my opinion does, yeah. is underutilized. A guy as quick as he is should have more jump balls thrown to him. Because yeah receivers or cornerbacks are so scared of the speed they're going to give him a cushion so you can throw a ball short if you need to and Tyreek Hill will go and get it um yeah I I just I do I when I look at Tyreek Hill I see a guy that is ready to go off Mm. and some people might say 15 receiving touchdowns is going off I think he has more to give I do I don't think he gets enough
1: touchdowns considering how fast he is I agree. I agree. Completely agree. But I obviously also think as well, but because the, the Chiefs haven't got that added kind of the, the outright WR2 at the minute, yeah, they're, they're really going to be doubling up on Tyreek Hill, which might actually suppress him a little bit more, but which may open up the WR2 slash WR3 co- like receiving core a bit, little bit more. So right. I'm thinking that if they're doubling up on him, it's going to leave them open a little bit more.
2: Maybe the, on the flip side of that, you could argue that if the Chiefs get an offensive line in place, mm. that the Chiefs might start running the whole jet sweep motion again a little bit and yeah. the orbit motion stuff and get, get uh, Tyreek Hill with the ball in hands early to let him go to work. Um, yeah. so that, that might work out for the Chiefs. I, I, I look at the other guys and I think they are – going to be better because simply they have to be better. We cannot yeah. be as reliant on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as we were. But I also need to see it from them. I need to see it from DeMarcus Robinson. I need to see it from McCall Hardman. Obviously, Cornell Powell's a rookie. We, we're we mm-hmm. excited about him, but we can't throw too much expectations on his shoulders. So yeah. I see it from the guys that they're not going to have a stupid drop every now and then, or they're not going to have a brain fart of a play where they run the wrong route or stop a route short, for, for example... Until I see that, my, my faith will always be in the Mahomes to Tyreek Hill duo first.
1: Yeah. I think that there's another factor in it that might scupper both of those scenarios happening. It's it's actually the run game. If we've got a nice shiny new line, yeah, you know, CEH might have the opportunity of thinking, you know what, I can do something with this. And the Chiefs might actually go towards the run game a little bit more. It's exciting to think that we've got uh, these number of threats now and... I know Ceh didn't really kind of uh, um, he exploded on the scene in his first game last year, but he it, it, it didn't kind of evolve to be uh, an amazing season for him. I mean, it was great, for obviously, for like you know um, for his kind of season himself personally. But um, I honestly think that the Chiefs have probably opened it open it up a little bit more, and like you were saying with the jet sweeps and stuff, the might you might see more run plays this year. Maybe so both scenarios might not happen.
2: No. Well Clyde what Clyde Ebasselay had, what, eleven 1, hundred yards and five touchdowns last year? Yeah. Is a Think solid he's. it's a solid season. Yeah. Solid. But it's not like, oh my God, we've they're definitely worth the 30-second pick, whatever. Like Yeah. unfortunately, his season or and the relatively lack of production has fed into the whole running back value argument, which I don't yeah. really agree with. But this year there is going to be a platform for him to perform better with the, mm. the, added, off, uh, with the added offensive lineman with potential better receiving court, then yeah, Clyde could go off. That is for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. My next one. I've got Travis Kelsey to go under 1,000 yards or win offensive player of the year, which is more likely. Wow, Travis Kelsey under a thousand yards is that is that even possible? Yeah, when did that last happen? <laughs>
2: did, I, did I even have kids then? <laughs> do you know what? I don't think I did have kids. No, I didn't. What is no, it? No, I don't uh, think you did, mate. Is we, it five? Yeah. Is it five years in a row now? Yeah. 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 I didn't have kids when like Travis Kelsey last <laughs> went under a thousand yards. And my kids feel like they've been here forever. I feel like I've here forever. Um <laughs> He he was in the conversation to win Offensive Player of the Year last year, and mm. he came up short. Derek Henry won it, didn't he? So, obviously, the the thing that throws a spanner amongst the works is injuries. But
1: yeah, he's getting on a bit.
2: I'm I'm working on the fact that Travis Kelsey manages to stay fit and plays a lot of games for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time he missed a game for injury. In fact, so I'm working on that basis. I'm going to say it's more likely that he wins Offensive Player of the Year. Now, obviously, yeah. if Tyreek Hill goes off for 20 touchdowns, like I just said a minute ago, <laughs> then that's not going to happen. Tyreek Hill's going to win Offensive Player of the Year. But unless the, if that doesn't happen, for example, I think there's a case that Travis Kelsey could be in that conversation again this year, for sure. If he gets to what he, what he did last year, what, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns? If he produces a similar season, maybe a little bit better. Then yeah, there's there's he's definitely going to be in the conversation. If he's healthy, he's not going under a thousand yards. There's just not not in seventeen games, no chance.
1: Well, he broke the season record, didn't he, of the uh, receiving yards last year? So uh, so yeah, you, you can see him obviously being in that category again. And and it seemed like a lot of the wide receivers really couldn't catch up with him in the in those standings, was it? Um, yeah. And he should he should have won it this year, man. He should have. Won. I know you. I know you were saying before that you know Derek Henry got what was it two thousand something yards that you mentioned, yeah, and was not offensive player of the year. Um, I mean Kelsey though, I mean that that's that was a phenomenal season from him. But yeah, I suppose fully fully fit Travis Kelsey, you'd expect him to be in that in that mould again. And, and uh, he, you can't deny he's got to have to go for another thousand yard season. Um, he's okay. such a, a a pivotal part of this offense um, that. Yeah, you can't really see him going under a th- under 1,000 yards unless he gets injured. No, no, touch wood, he doesn't. So today we've 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 managed to talk
2: about potentially Travis Kelsey getting injured and the yeah. fact that Travis Kelsey can't handle his drinks. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to make sure there's no Bud Light in the locker room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: please please Chiefs Kingdom, do not tag him in this podcast. <laughs> Um, my last one, my last one, this is uh, one that so we can have a good old laugh at. Uh, the Broncos to win the AFC West or the Raiders to make the playoffs, which is more likely?
1: <laughs> this is all situational, really, especially with the Broncos. Yeah. If they get the right quarterback, I would say that was more likely. But in the current status at the moment, I'd have to go Raiders. I'm
2: inclined to agree with you. I just feel like the Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater led Broncos are that far behind, yeah, the Chiefs. That that's an impossible bridge to gap without having Aaron Rodgers there. Yeah, where the Raiders what they were seven and nine last year, seven and nine last year. So what they were only what two or three wins away from making the playoffs. Now, granted, the Raiders are a lot worse off going into the season than they were last year. And I expect them to be terrible. I just don't think that the Broncos are going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs if they haven't got a superstar quarterback. And right now they don't have one. So through default more than anything, I think the Raiders are probably the right pick here. If you ask me outright, what's more likely the Raiders to make the playoffs or the Raiders to have the number one pick. Mm. The Raiders having the number one pick is far more likely. Yeah. I, I just have little faith in Drew Lock and Teddy Bridgewater. That yeah. it's impossible for me to pick the Broncos
1: being AFC West champions. It's interesting to think because, yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've mentioned before on a previous podcast that the Broncos look like they are just literally one quarterback away from really putting up a challenge, don't they? Yeah. Um, but on the Raiders' side of things, they've got a decent quarterback in Derek Carr. That's that's you know. We've, Credit where credit's due. He's he's a decent quarterback. I mean, his numbers look decent as well. He's he's but good. He's good. Yeah. good he's, he's decent. Great. Good. Decent slash good. Yeah, um, but he, they've really decimated their all line.
2: Yes, this they year. Have.
1: And I, he, no matter what you throw at it, I mean, I mean yes, I know the Chiefs have gone through a, a, a very a pro, big process of getting a new all line, but you've got veteran talent in there where. The Raiders don't seem to have a lot of that on their O-line. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, yes, they might have the better quarterback at the moment, the Raiders over the over the Broncos. But that O-line, it's it's, it's going to take a battering. And I, and you can tell Derek Carr is going to take a battering this year as well.
2: Do you think the Denver Broncos would stand a chance of winning the AFC West if they had Derek Carr? Ooh. Um...
1: I would say yes. I, I think chance. they've got a good chance. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't say them that they were a shoe in, but I think Derek Carr, he would kind of thrive a little bit more than what he's doing at the Raiders. Yeah. Which might give them that little bit of an edge where they're they're actually pushing for I don't think they'll actually win the AFC West, but I think they'd be in that hunt. With so a, Derek definite, Carr the a
2: definite playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sure? would agree. But it, it's, it's null and void anyway, because Derek Carr's already said if he leaves the Raiders, he's never playing for another team again. So it, does, it doesn't... Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that?
1: <laughs> crazy, crazy comment from Derek Carr. Um, but he's, yeah, he seems to be like this Raider through and through, which um, you know as well as I know. If the money's right, he's playing for another team. Yeah. All right, my last one. Chiefs to win 16 games or more, or win... 13 games or less? Oh, That's man. a hard one.
2: That is, insert rude pun here. Um, <laughs> I
1: I don't know. 16 games. Is it doable, 16 games? I know they keep banging on about this twenty twenty and all season, but it's 16 games. Looking at the schedule, is that really going to happen, 16 games or more?
2: I think 16 games is doable. Yeah, I don't think 17 games is. I, it's not happening. The Chiefs are yes. not going perfect. It's that that's something that just won't happen in the NFL. But 16, like they won 14 last year, so they only lost two games last year. So that would have been enough.
1: but well, one of them was a throwaway as well, wasn't it? Sorry, one of them was a throwaway, really, because we rested the rest yeah. of the team.
2: Game. I, I, and what, so what if they went to 13 games or less? They would need to lose four games. They've been 12 and four a lot recently. They've been twelve and mm. four under Patrick Mahomes as well. I think thirteen games or less is more likely.
1: You would, yeah, I would agree with saying that. Yeah, thirteen especially games. Right. Especially
2: what we don't know what's going to be happening with Frank Clark as well. Um, oh God, yeah. So yeah. the start of the season looks could potentially be a lot harder than it already looks, mm. and I I can't see the Chiefs going off to a good like. The, the usual September start. I know Patrick Mahomes has never lost in September. Yeah. But for me, the Chiefs coming out and racking up five wins in a row or whatever it is against the Bills, Browns, Ravens, or Chargers. Yeah, yeah. I just can't see that happening. So I think, I think they're going to be behind the eight ball uh, as it were um, mm-hmm. from the off on this one. And so I yeah, I think thirteen games or less is more likely. I can see I can see situations where they lose two AFC West games and then drop an NFC game and then maybe Washington or something like that, where they turn up and think the job's gonna be easy and they don't, and then they lose to the Ravens or the Browns. I I, I think that's more likely than them sweeping all of these
1: really like
2: tough games that they're gonna have on their schedule.
1: Look, it has been all realistic. I know. (laughs) I <laughs> but I agree with you. I mean, the first five games, are what we kind of highlighted in one of our shows before, that the first five games are really some tough opposition, especially even the Browns. Yeah. You know, they've they've improved so much over the over the off season as well, and they were already a decent team or a really good team. They were playoff caliber, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So I agree. It's going to be a difficult one. Um, it, it all depends on that first five games.
2: Yeah, if they go through the first five games five and o, yeah. Ask me this question again, I'll definitely say 16 games. But yeah, you'll be right saying now, it's coming
1: home and all that again, won't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> but right now, I cannot sit here and predict that the Chiefs are going to win 16 or 17 games because I just don't think it's going to happen.
1: No, um, I think you're right. I think 13 games is is very much realistic. Even it's with such the a bad
2: line. It's such a bad line. If it was what's more likely, the Chiefs win 13 games or less, 16 games or more, or 14 or 15 games, I would yeah. take 14 and 15 any yeah. day of the week because I think exactly that's where our range is going to be yeah but if I had to choose between the two 13 games or less or 16 games or more I'm going 13 games or less
1: there's no middle ground is there
2: yeah hate <laughs> where you are, but please still donate to my charity <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we'll leave it at that then I think <laughs> thanks to everyone for listening to the show uh, it's out every Saturday um, so keep an eye, eye out for the next Great British Chiefs show and all that's left to be said is from one kingdom to another we'll speak to you again soon look out for us again it's, the show is out it's major with